The Diehard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Sign up using our link and receive a $500 risk-free bet. That's right, $500. And if you send in your first bet slip, you'll get a free t-shirt. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/win for a $500 risk-free bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com/wynn. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for avid sports bettors providing insights analysis and free betting picks better than Vegas. It's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to our page. So you don't miss a pick sports gambling podcast.com slash BTV. That's sports gambling podcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by better edge. Better edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no vig. That's right. No vig betting. That's legal in 40 States. Sign up at betteredge.com. promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B E T T O R edge.com promo code S G P. Finally, we're brought to you by ACE per head. ACE is the leader in paper head providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus ACE is offering up to six weeks free over at ACE slash S G P that's ACE per slash S G P. Welcome everyone to the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Robbie and Justin. And it's happened. The unthinkable has happened. Breaking news. The Doug P era is over. Doug Peterson has been fired. Although honestly, it does feel like uh, Doug Peterson wanted out forcing his hand to try and basically saying press Taylor has to be the offensive coordinator or I'm going to get fired. I think he knew he was going to get fired finishing his career as an Eagles coach, 42, 37 and one, four and two in the playoffs. One and oh, in the super bowl, the Doug Peterson era is over. I'm okay with the firing. I'm okay with moving on from Doug Peterson, but honestly, it doesn't feel like a clean break. I said it in our text message uh, group, the diehard Eagles uh, text message group that it, it felt like you're divorcing your wife, but you're still living in the basement and the ex-wife AKA Howie Roseman is still up there and we're, we're still attached to this era. And I don't think it's a clean break until we really get rid of Howie Roseman. So it's a start. I'm okay with it. Rob, what was your instant reaction and where are you at with Doug being fired? Jeffrey Laurie laying down the hammer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was odd timing, but I, I got to tell you, props to 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 Jeffrey Laurie for getting it done. I, I look, I we've talked about it for a while. I've been out on Doug. Um, I just think, look, he had a phenomenal run. He won us a Super Bowl. You ne- can never take that away from him. It was unbelievable. But every year since then, the teams regressed. They've been a mess, and you've now seen our franchise quarterback uh, regress into nothing. Who knows if he'll ever get back? And it just sounds like Doug had no plan. I mean, if, if, if he really went to these meetings and that was his plan to promote press, not bring anyone in from the outside, he wanted to promote an, an internal defensive coordinator or potentially bring Udlid back from the reports. I mean, that just inspired no quarterbacks or, or no confidence. And I just think 
Sure, there's the argument that we should have given Doug the benefit of the doubt because he won us the Super Bowl and he deserved one more year. But realistically, I think that would have been just us limping along for one more year before the inevitable happened next year and he was fired. So props to Jeffrey Laurie for recognizing it, cutting the cord now, and moving on. And and as to Howie, look, I, I agree with you. Howie's made some terrible picks. He he's he's made some great trades over the years, too. Um I get it. You know, Jeffrey Lurie danced around that in his press conference. His, his responses really made no sense. I mean, the only thing that could make sense. And I think I saw a link or two today was that Jeffrey Lurie had pushed for some of those draft picks that maybe he knows yeah. how he can't be a hundred percent accountable, but I just think we have to, we have to accept it. There's a tight bond between Lurie and Howie. He's <laughs> not going to go. I hope that they continue to surround them with other people to to improve the drafting. But I'm excited about a new regime. I'm excited about uh, you know turning this offense around. I think that has to be the top priority. So uh, I, you know I, I don't think everything's going to be fixed by next year, but I see this as a step in the right direction. Justin, where are you at with Doug Peterson getting fired? Well, I, I think we've had many conversations. I admitted. To being willing uh, to do horrific, unthinkable things just for the Eagles to get the Super Bowl. Now Doug Peterson comes in, he gives us a Super Bowl, and now uh, only a few years later he's out. That that Bud Light statue, the two guys on it, Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, both essentially uh, run out of town here. Where are you at with this Peterson firing, and are you at peace with it, Justin? Sean, first of all, I just want to give you credit because last week you did put yourself on the line. You backtracked a little bit, but you did say well, you thought was, Doug would be out, and it was it was you were correct. It was two weeks ago, and I said I think it's going to ah. be because of the uh, the offensive uh, coaching staff, and I I was dead right about that. I was wrong about the Eagles giving him a soft landing and saying it was a mutual parting of the ways. I I underestimated the uh, the gamesmanship of Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie and kind of throwing. Uh, Peterson under the bus there on his way out. But where are you at with this whole thing, Justin? Um, I like it. I was initially happy. I still am. Um, it's, you know, a little bit uh bittersweet because, you know, he did win us a Super Bowl. You would have thought that maybe he would be good enough to hang out another year, but I think it was the right move. And like Rob said, you got to give Lori props. Um, you'd rather do it a year early rather than a year late. I feel like we were going into another season of just, you know subpar play uh, with Doug at the helm. And then uh, pointing out, you know, he wanted to, to promote press Taylor, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I think part of that is, and somebody pointed this out is Doug doesn't have a big coaching tree to fall on, right? He's, he was a disciple of Andy. He doesn't have a lot of guys that he can really pick. So I think him um, looking to press Taylor uh, to come up and BOC was just in his mind, a logical choice because he could trust him. He's somebody who he can confide in, but you got to be able to feel comfortable with other guys outside of that coaching tree. And I think that's what Howie and Laurie were trying to push for. And Doug just wasn't having any of it. It sounds like um, at least one of the latest press snippets that came out. Um, he stood up for Frank Reich after that initial first season. Um, it came out that uh, they wanted to push Reich out, and Doug said, "No, you can't fire him." And then we won a Super Bowl, <laughs> so maybe that's why he felt he could justify, you know, promoting Press. But we weren't able to do anything with him, and and uh, with Press also, why would you promote him? We've talked about Carson's deterioration. Press had one job, being quarterbacks coach, and Carson deteriorated greatly uh, the past two seasons. He's gotten progressively worse. The other thing I will point out is. 
Doug had Grow, right? And Grow admittedly said that he couldn't do anything with Golden Tate, which <laughs> you got to question. I mean, that was a failure of Grow's, but also a failure of Doug's. If Doug is doing his job, right, he should be able to instill and grow, hey, we can do this or that in order to get Golden Tate in the mix, you know? And the same thing's been happening with Miles Sanders. We have this great talent at running back, and we haven't been able to do much with him, even though. Um, our quarterbacks have deteriorated. You would have thought that we would see a lot more of the run game in the mix. We'd be able to get him in the mix a lot more. And that hasn't happened either. So overall, I mean, it just seemed like a logical choice to move on uh, from Doug and get somebody else new, fresh blood in there with some of the talent that we still have. Well, first of all, I just want to put on the record that if I was an owner of a team and I heard my offensive coordinator go on the record in a quote to the press that he didn't know how to use his new, I don't know if I should use the term star, but good receiver. Uh, I would have fired him within like five minutes. I would have just said you're out. I mean, he <laughs> sounded so clueless when he said that it, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. That'd be like if you were an auto mechanic and, and you were given a tire iron and you just said, I don't know what to do with this. You wouldn't be an auto mechanic anymore. What I, what I'm really taking away from this is I got to be friends with Doug Peterson because regardless of what you do or what happens, Doug Peterson has your back. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Look at the quarterback position this year. I mean, a lot of it Carson, but even what we saw uh, out of uh, out of Hertz and hell, throw Sudfield's uh, 12 pass attempts in there. What about the performance from the quarterback position of the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles makes you think, "Oh man, we got to see more of this." Who who's the chef behind this uh, behind this delicious <laughs> meal? What's his secret recipe? What's the formula? Give him more control. I mean, it's just goddamn insane. And it, it you know, speaking of the quarterbacks, I, I think it's interesting Carson's role in this. I, I think it could be taken a number of ways. One, you know, Carson was kind of laying down the line, like, "Hey, if Doug's back, I don't want to be back." You know, just like a pouty baby. And then now Doug is back, but is is are they doing that to appease Carson? But then. Doug Peterson wanted to promote uh, Press Taylor, who was Carson's friend. So are they getting rid of uh, 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 Doug because they don't want to appease Carson Wentz? And now Jeffrey Lurie, he kind of threw out there when he was talking about Wentz, he clearly labeled him as an asset, and he even said asset before he said, you know, uh, talented. Very interesting. What do you think Carson's whole role in this? Does he end up benefiting from uh, from this? Rob, where are you at with Carson and this decision to fire Doug P? Well, as we said, you know, just a couple of days ago, I remain disappointed in how Carson's handled this. I, I, I want to see the fight in him. Yeah. I still haven't heard that. He still hasn't spoke to anyone, and uh, you know that remains disappointing uh, first and foremost. But uh, look, I don't think Carson directly led to Doug's firing. I, I don't think he made the official demand. Doug's fired or I'm out. And and if he did. I don't believe that was the sole reason that Lori fired uh, Doug, but he certainly had an indirect role. I mean, look, Lori has a lot of money invested in Wentz that obviously had to play into his thinking. And I think, I, I just think it comes down to overall. Lori is a guy that I've heard him talk about in press conferences. It, it kind of seems like he chases that innovative offense somewhat. He chased it with Chip Kelly. I think he tried to go there with the Andy Reed coaching tree with Doug, or maybe that was just a reaction to chip Kelly. He went back to the stability of, you know, hopefully what Doug could bring. And 
I, I just think at the end of the day, he saw that Doug didn't have that. He didn't have that innovative offense. I mean, I, I watch teams around the league. You watch the Chiefs and some other teams. They are getting their playmakers the ball in space. We we just didn't do that. And, yeah. and I, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to, you know, watch a game and recognize that that our offense just was not doing that. So I think that's ultimately what led to Doug's demise. The Carson factor certainly played in. I, I think there there is an aspect that whether they can resurrect him or not, the, the only way that could happen is with a new coach. And we've talked about that. The Doug Carson marriage was over. Uh, they didn't mesh offensively. They now clashed with their personality. So the only chance you have, if you want to keep them, is to bring in a new coach, and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, Justin, is that how you're reading the situation? That them getting rid of Doug is a sign they're interested in keeping Carson and fixing Carson, or do you think it's it's unrelated? I honestly think it's more unrelated than not. Uh, obviously. You know, Carson could have put out some of these stories by putting out a formal denial, you know, acknowledging that, you know, he didn't want Doug to go. He never really did that. Uh, but at the same time, he was benched. And honestly, I don't know if anybody thought Doug was that good. And I wouldn't blame Carson for thinking Doug wasn't that good. And why would he put himself on the line or on a limb to say that Doug should stay, right? He's been benched anyway. So uh, that maybe you could blame a little bit on Carson, but I wouldn't even go that far. I would say, um, it's been a little bit of a media shit show, right? There's been a lot going on lately, a lot being said from both sides. Um, stories have been changing every day, every hour. I mean, initially we heard stories that, you know, Carson was Lori's buddy and that's why Carson had been starting in the beginning of the season. And then there was a story today that said that Lori initially wanted to draft Hertz. So what are we supposed to go with here? I don't know anymore. And the stories that keep coming out just keep are one after another of things that contradict each other. So I'm not sure, but when it comes down to Carson, I don't think he ever really said, Hey, it's Doug or me or anything like that. Well now now Doug getting let go 3 years after he won the Super Bowl that's the the shortest amount of time basically that a a coach has been fired after after winning the Super Bowl and now you're seeing all this dysfunction with the GM and Howie Roseman a lot of people are thinking oh now we're, we're not going to get the the best uh coaching candidates it's going to limit our our ability to bring in the big name top name talent I I think that's a bit overrated as far as impacting us Listen, if you're a, if you're a coordinator, a QB coach, a coach in college, and you have an opportunity to coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, and you like money, I, I think you're going to take the job. I mean, and, and a lot of these head coaches, they they don't they don't really have that much leverage. Like maybe the enemy has a little bit of leverage. Maybe some of these other guys have a little bit of leverage. But you're only playing these other teams against each other. And would you rather go to the Eagles or the Jets? Would you rather go? I mean, you talk about dysfunction. What's going down in Texas? You know, in Houston, seems way worse than what's happening in Philly. Yes, you could go to Jacksonville, and and, and you know, you get Trevor Lawrence. Certainly, there's a lot that's appealing about the Chargers job. But really, I, I mean, I think uh, we still are in the mix to get a top candidate. I, I think the issue will be a couple years down the road. Will that will that head coaching candidate? Uh, be at odds with Howie Roseman once again, Rob. Where are you at with uh, you know Doug and the Lori and Roseman possibly impacting who we can get as a head coach? Yeah, I, I don't buy that. That we're going to have trouble getting a head coach. I mean, look, y- you can fault Jeffrey Lori, but I actually think he's a good owner. Um, 
can you say he jumped the gun a little on Doug, but he, he wants to win. And he he's, if anything, maybe too active, uh, but it's hard to fault that, you know, he's the owner of the team. I'd be active too. I mean, I, I just said that. So <laughs> you, you just um, listed off all these people you would fire. <laughs> exactly. No, but in all seriousness, the guy cares and he's willing to invest the money in the team. They have good facilities. Uh, they have good resources. It's an, it, it's a great market. It's one of the best markets in the NFL. It has, you know, obviously in our opinion, the best fan base, the most passionate fan base, they're tough but they're rewarding at the same time when you perform. So um, is it from a talent perspective? Is it maybe the best job out there today? Probably not. I, I think, you know, the chargers job is an intriguing job to a coach, you know, with Herbert and some of the talent they have on defense, but I also don't think we're the worst. So I think we're going to get someone. I think they will clearly, clearly meet talk about the Howie situation. I think that's probably something that's going to have to be addressed up front and a coach is going to have to be comfortable with it, but I don't buy all this. No, one's going to want to come here. They're scared off. Cause we fired someone. I mean, we had Andy Reed for a really long time. Let, let's recognize that it's not like Lori has a history of just firing every coach after two years. I don't think anyone disagreed with the chip Kelly firing and candidly, the Doug firing, you may disagree with it, but it's not out of care. It's not like it's totally out of character or without justification. You can certainly make the argument. He deserved to be fired. I think we all, you know, agree with it quite honestly. And if it were not for that super bowl, say for example, Doug had lost in the, in the uh, he had lost that super bowl or even in the NFC championship that year, I think this would be a total different picture and there wouldn't even be a question about letting Doug go. So uh, I, I'm still confident in their ability to hire someone. It is the long-winded, you know, long-winded version of what I'm saying. Justin, are you with Robbie and and me that it's not going to be a huge deal, or do you or do you think this actually at some at some point the, the Howie Rosen baggage and him being a pain in the ass? We hear about Lewis Riddick not liking him, Chip Kelly obviously not like didn't like him, uh, Doug clearly uh, didn't like him. Do you think eventually that's going to be a, a bigger issue and actually hindered the team? I honestly think it could. And I only think it could for the top tier candidates um, guys who want to bring in their own staff are going to question whether they want to try and deal with Lori and even Howie after you hear these stories about, you know, meddling with trying Lori picking certain guys, right. Having a lot of impact on it, going against what the scouts are saying. And then the constant media link leaks that continue to happen with this team. Um, I could see that being an issue for maybe like a guy like Lincoln Riley, who, you know, he's, he's got a decent amount of clout right now in college. He might not want to come here if he can't bring his own guys. And he thinks that, you know, how he's going to be on top of him day in, day out, or try to interfere with certain things. You take a guy like Matt rule, who two years ago, he was supposed to be in with the jets. And then he decided, you know what? I don't think so. I'm going to wait another year. I'm going to coach at Baylor, see what happens. And then the Panthers job opened up and Tepper said, Hey, bring whoever you want. We'll allow that to take place. And guys like that, I don't think would be willing to come to Philly at this time because of that. Yeah, so we'll, I, I, see, I, I actually don't think uh, Peterson or I'm sorry, Lori and Howie are going to dictate the staff. If they get the top tier guy, I think they are willing to let him bring him in his own staff. I don't, I don't foresee that being an issue. I think in large part they helped Doug put the staff together, Justin, because of what you said. I mean, Doug was only a few years removed from coaching, you know, high school football. <laughs> 
when he was with Andy Reid, and I think he he didn't have those deep relationships. It sounds like I could be wrong. Uh, so I think they assisted, and quite honestly, if they brought in uh, Frank Reich and if they brought in Jim Schwartz, which I believe they did, they did a good job for Doug. They gave him good assistance. So Rob, Rob I'm praising not, the I'm not Jim Schwartz about that. Uh, yeah, I know. All of a sudden, he turns around. I was a fan of it at the time. I just think he ran his course, and I've said yeah. that. But uh, uh, to answer, you know, to get back to it, I I do believe if they get a top tier guy, if they get a Lincoln Riley or something, they are going to give him the flexibility to to bring in his coaching staff. Now, are they going to give him complete control where he's in charge of drafting and personnel and all that? No, I don't think they're going that far. But I do think. The, the coach will have leeway to assemble his staff. Well, I will say I don't disagree with them possibly saying that, but I do think that a guy like Lincoln Riley would say, uh, even though they're saying that, I don't know. I, I question, you know, how much they are actually going to get involved after I get in that building and I start doing what I want to do. And maybe it doesn't work out year one. What are they going to do? Uh, you know, the moment something starts to go bad, or maybe we have a losing season my first season simply because I'm trying to implement some new things. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like it's pretty clear. What happened was Doug P came in in 2016. They said, Hey, we'll hire you. Uh, by the way, we're going to kind of lead the way on the coordinators and Doug's just like, Hey, I'm, I'm happy to have a job. I'm happy to be a head coach. And then, <laughs> and then he wins the super bowl and he's like, Hey, Howie Roseman, go fuck yourself. I want to do what I want. <laughs> they, these guys are coming back. And then the next day they tell him, Oh no, those are the assistants. Those guys are fired. And I gotta, I gotta play the game. So he was just kind of getting burned out at taking orders from Howie Roseman, uh, you know, and, and, and Jeffrey Lurie. But so I, I do think I, I do think some of these people they will give a green light to, but I, I think if if they hire Mike Kafka or Deuce Staley, I don't think they're I don't think they're giving them a complete green light on who they hire at the coordinator position and complete freedom. Now you're right, Eric, you know Lincoln Riley. I think he has enough juice to get that. Uh, you know, even maybe a Brian Dable, but I, I think certain guys they they will kind of lean on, and it'll be interesting. I think it'll say a lot about them who they end up going with. What were you saying, Rob? I was just going to say, I, you know, I don't think Doug did anything to earn that freedom. I mean, look at, for example, you know, when Doug had an opening, he just wanted to hire internally. It was kind of the lazy move. Quite honestly, I get it. You're trying Mm -hmm. to be loyal to your staff, but that's not necessarily always what's best for the team and what's best for your offense. I mean, let's look at Alabama, for example. Um, You know, they lose coaches all the time and they bring in top tier outside guys. I mean, you just had Sarkeesian. He came in, he called plays. Their offense was tremendous. Now he's leaving, you know, they're rumored to be talking to bill O'Brien, some other people. I mean, Saban is always looking at who is the absolute, absolute best person that I can bring in here. And, you know, Doug may not have the juice of a Nick Saban or something like that, but that's what he should be doing. He should be looking around the league and it just didn't sound like he wanted to do that. And I think it all came down to he wanted control and he wanted someone he could control. Well, and I agree with that, Rob. I think like and and Rob points out, you would think Doug would say like, "Hey, look at a guy like Ken Dorsey. Maybe we can promote him from being a quarterbacks coach, right, and bring him in as an OC here and see what he might be able to do." Well, and and first off, congratulations to uh, Steve Sarkeesian leading uh, Alabama (laughs) to the championship. He's overcome a lot. Including uh, getting fired yeah. for for drinking too much, and then having the audacity to sue, uh, saying that he had a disease. That was that was an all time uh, degenerate move. So <laughs> shout out to you, Sarkeesian. 
All right, let's stop messing around. Let's talk about the next Eagles head coach. You know, I I put odds down uh, for the next head coach in the rundown, and then even since that happened earlier today, uh, the the odds have been updated. So here are the updated odds. Robert Sala, uh, he opened up at fifteen to one. Now he's down to two to one. Lincoln Riley is uh, plus four fifty. Eric Bieniemy plus five hundred. Arthur Smith plus six hundred, Joe Brady plus six hundred, Mike Kafka plus seven hundred, Deuce Staley plus seven fifty, Brian Dable plus eight hundred, Brandon Staley plus nine hundred. I'll, I'll throw out my picks here as far as who I think they will end up with. I I, I would be really surprised if it's Robert Sala. I, I, I'm I'm shocked to see the odds go down to plus two hundred, especially with all the latest news of him getting that second interview with the jets. And I'm just really shocked if they would go uh defensive coach. I, I think there is something to the Lincoln Riley thing. Now it depends on, on where he's at with Hertz and uh, you know, maybe there's a chance Wentz uh, does really well in his offense, but I, I do think Mike Kafka at seven at plus 700. That's not a, that's not a bad bet. If you're, if you're looking at the Eagles organization and what they might do here, I mean, Mike Kafka is is literally a Doug Peterson clone. He's a guy with not a lot of coaching experience coming uh from Kansas City where he was, you know, a, a coordinator and a position coach. Or I don't even think he was ever offensive coordinator. He was just Patrick Mahomes' QB coach, which I, I feel like I could do that at this point. And so plus seven hundred, maybe not bad odds. Brian Dable, I I'm gonna throw that out as my pick of uh what I hope they do and and I'll I'll say it maybe what they actually end up doing. I know it's eight to one. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I think what he did with Josh Allen in that Bills offense. Again, as a fan, it's always kind of tough to handicap. Like, whoa, what what really was it? Whatever it was, that Bills offense looks so much better. Josh Allen looks so much better. You have two quarterbacks that need to work on their uh, accuracy and a number of other issues. And Josh Allen really cleaned up his game. Now maybe that's just on Josh and. And Dable is just some, you know, just kind of like hanging on for the ride. Tough to tell, but at eight to one, uh, I, I think that's what I'll go with. And I, and honestly, of these guys, that's who I hope they end up hiring. Little interesting nugget as well: Howie Roseman has the same agent as Brian Dable, and a lot of uh, Eagles media are speculating that Howie or uh, Jeffrey Lurie wouldn't have pulled the trigger on firing Doug if they didn't have someone in waiting. Lot to unpack here, Rob. I'll give you uh give you your pick here. What do you what do you think the Eagles end up doing for the next head coach? And is it who you'd want? First of all, I'm gonna give you a hot take of who I'm opposed to. And that is anyone from the Andy Reid coaching tree mm. currently, including Mike Kafka and Bienemy, who's probably the hottest name out there. And I'll tell you why. I just think I, I firmly believe that that offense is all Andy and Mahomes and anyone on that staff is benefiting from it. They're becoming hot names, but I don't believe it's something you can duplicate elsewhere. I think Andy is an offensive genius and I think Mahomes just plays out of his mind and does things that no one else can. So, uh, you know, I have a good friend who's a chiefs fan. He said the exact same thing to me. He reads every <laughs> Chiefs article there is. He said, I wouldn't touch either of those guys. It's all Andy and Mahomes. So I agree with it. And it's the same thing with Belichick. I wouldn't touch anyone from his tree, as has now borne out with Patricia and other guys, because it's all him. It was all him and Brady for all those years. So I, I'm out on those guys. I, the more I think about it, and this is such a boomer bust pick, 
but I would take the flyer on Lincoln Riley. Mm. I, I just think we need the innovative offense. I think if anything, his offense gets guys, the ball in space. And that's what we need. We need to, to get back to an offense that is going to get the ball to our playmakers in space and use that. And surprisingly, if you look at his statistics, he actually runs the ball about half the time. So he's not just this air raid, you know, throw the ball, never run the ball guy, according to what I saw. Now, I don't know everything about him. I can't say I watch a million Oklahoma games, but I would take the shot. I'm not opposed to a defensive guy, but this is my concern about a defensive guy or a guy that doesn't call the plays. And in concept, I like the idea of just a head coach who's not burdened by calling the plays because he can focus on other aspects. But the challenge is if you hire an innovative offensive coordinator and say they they're great, the hire pans out, they light the world on fire. Your offense is awesome. You're, you're going to lose them immediately after one year. And then you have to rely on either promoting a guy within, in which case you don't know if he'll be able to duplicate that offense, or you got to hire a new offensive coordinator and probably start over with the new system or at least tweak it. At least if you get that offensive guy as your head coach, if he succeeds, which I understand is a big if, you can keep that continuity on the offense. So that's why I would lean on the offensive side of the ball. I do like the idea. I'm a little nervous, but I would also probably take a flyer on Joe Brady. I think he's a young guy. He's hungry. He he showed it at LSU, and I also wouldn't be opposed to Brian Dabble. But my top pick right now, it's probably the you know the sexy pick is Lincoln Riley. But but I acknowledge it's a boomer bust pick. Any any quick thoughts on who you think they will end up with? If you you want Lincoln Riley, but is that who you think Howie and Lurie have circled? I actually, if if I was a betting man. I actually think Deuce Staley has the upper hand. I, I, I think the players love him. Um, I could see Lori saying, look, he's been passed up multiple times before. Let's give him a shot on a short, short term basis. If it turns out a disaster, you know, it's possible Deuce could only last a year, two years. I don't think it would, uh, it would surprise me at all. So I say Deuce, um, you know, with the understanding he's got to have to hire a good offensive coordinator. Well, Rob, you said if you're a betting man and uh, you know, you find yourself sometimes in New Jersey, of course, make sure you check out sports gambling podcast.com slash win. Get that sign up link for the win app in New Jersey, W Y N N and uh $500 risk free bet. They got parlay boost. They got it all. And uh, yeah, $500 risk free bet. Justin, if you had a $500 risk free bet, what head coach would you be putting your money on uh, for the Eagles new head coach? Well, <clears throat> I've been trying to check this out a little bit. I tell you what, I also would not dip into that uh, Andy Reed coaching tree as well. I'm, I'm really off of uh, Joe Brady at this point. Also uh, Panthers started off hot, but they have dwindled uh, quite a bit towards the end of the season. Uh, he's, he has not impressed me at all. I do like Lincoln Riley to a certain extent. Um, if he can bring in his own guys, I think what you're going to see though, and little conspiracy theorists here is uh, I could see Salah being the guy. And I tell you what, uh, the odds have moved quite a bit. And reason being, I could see him being the guy because I do think that Howie likes to have a little bit of control. 
And if that's the case, then I think you bring in Salah and then Howie gets to pick his OC, who could be a guy like Kent Dorsey possibly, or you go with Kafka there, right? Bring him in as OC. Mm. They get a little bit of control as well, you know, a step up for them and they get to see what they can do. And then Howie can kind of dictate what may or may not happen there. So that's one thing I could see. I would actually probably put Salah at the top at the moment for that reason. Um, but if I were to pick, I'd probably go with a guy like Lincoln Riley. And uh, like Rob actually pointed out, I wouldn't mind Deuce Staley at this point. Yeah, He's worth a shot. He's been in there. He was at the Super Bowl. He's got rapport with these guys. And I think we still have enough talent in there. And these guys still have enough belief where maybe he could serve as almost like a Mike Tomlin role. You know, keep these guys motivated. We can pull in a solid OC. We can pull in a solid uh, defensive coordinator. See what we can build around that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to Deuce. I always like Deuce as a player. I like his fire overall. I like what we've seen out of the running back uh, position group over the years here. Uh, Yeah, I guess the concern is who's going to be the offensive coordinator. Kind of a red flag that he was never really. It seems like he he's never been in the mix to call plays. Now he's been there for a while, and and why hasn't he really gotten a shot at calling plays? What what's the dynamic there? I do think one thing he has going for him is when you know when uh, Doug P got the Rona, they they threw uh, Deuce Staley the interim head coach there, so maybe that shows some belief uh, from ownership there. So that's that's an interesting angle. I wouldn't be pissed yeah. if if Deuce ends up being the head coach. You know, the interesting thing about Deuce is um, he's been with the organization. I mean, forever. I, I don't even know how long he's been a coach, but obviously he was a player. He, he's beloved by everyone, but no one really truly knows what he does. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know he's supposedly in charge of the running back rotation, which is suspect <laughs> at best, quite honestly. But aside from that, it, it's really hard to pin down his role and how integral he is. He may be Maybe he he's super integral at behind the scenes, but I, I think it's tough for us as fans to know exactly what he's done and how uh, how he's performed. It's very tough to judge, but I, I'm not opposed to giving him a shot. It just makes the the coordinator hires uh, very critical. I would be opposed to letting him call his own plays. He's never done that. Um, I, I would not want him well, to be yeah. a first time head coach and calling plays. Agree with that. Well, and, and Justin, I, I know how I've felt about Lori uh, coming in. You know, Rob alluded that he he still thought he was a really good owner. Uh, I haven't gotten your take on Lori as an owner. To me, the the way this went down, I, I don't know. Just the way they're stringing him along, the way they they leaked a lot of stuff that they probably didn't need to leak. I mean, they didn't need to leak uh, the stuff about you know uh, him wanting Press Taylor and some of these other things that have kind of just made him look bad. Well, I, you know, and and clearly, Lori is much more of a meddler than we than we originally thought. Uh, I think he was best in the Andy Reid era when he didn't. Uh, he was pretty hands off with Andy Reid. Now, I guess you could argue that Andy Reid was a really good coach, and you didn't need to meddle there. Have, have the events uh, recently changed your opinion on Lori? Well, I'll say this at first: like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, right? Like, <laughs> classic parent line. Okay, Dad. <laughs> I have these expectations for Lori and you know what? He's exceeded them year in and year out. We've only heard great things about him. Uh, But this season, man, I feel like we're seeing another side of him or at least hearing more about him through the media. And 
obviously him and Howie have used the media to their advantage in the past with hirings, firings and whatnot. I mean, it happens with every team, right? You want to use them to your benefit, but now these stories are coming out where maybe he's meddling in drafts. He's not taking scout information into account and he's saying, Hey, pick these guys. And I'm start. I hate to say this. I hate to say it, but it's starting to sound a little bit more like Jerry Jones. And that's the yeah. thing that we hate Jerry for. And we get pissed off about, and we say like, Oh, he's a crappy owner. And once <laughs> you start doing that, I, obviously you can see how quickly things start to go downhill. And as you pointed out, Sean, maybe that's a reason why, or maybe Rob did that. Howie is still around is because Laurie has started to meddle a little, a little bit too much. And he knows that he can't put it all on Howie at this point. Well, but with that, what's yeah, that? And just real quick. I mean, not that I'm uh, attempting to defend Jerry Jones and I don't want any of this part to be construed oh. as a potential compliment, but at least Jerry Jones says, Hey, I'm a meddler. Oh yeah. Oh, all the decisions go through me. I own the fucking team. Like I, I don't agree with that as being an effective strategy. And if you look at their playoff wins in the past 30 years, I think it speaks for itself, but it, he owns it. And I, I couldn't blame him in the sense that if I owned a team, I, I couldn't sit back there and, and watch press Taylor be uh, boosted to offensive coordinator. Like it doesn't take a genius to see that's not, that's not the way to go. But what, what else did you, you were talking about Justin? No, I actually think you hit the nail on the head right there. It's like, you can either stay in the shadows and be quiet as a silent owner and allow things to play out with the people that you hire. Or if you want to be upfront and be a fantasy owner, go and do that. Uh, I can respect both to a certain degree, but you, you gotta be one or the other. You can't try and stay in the shadows, but dictate what, what happens. And then um, that I think leads to even bigger issues. Rob, are you, are you so you, this hasn't impacted your take on Lori. You still, you still have him in the good owner category. Look, he's not without faults, but I, I still think he's the upper echelon of owners. He cares about the team. He wants to win. Um, you know, I do think there's some truth to what Howie pro said in his press conference about how they got to this situation that, you know, uh, they talked about how, and maybe it was Laurie or Howie, maybe both, but you know, after you win the super bowl, there's that inclination to, to try to kind of keep the gang together. And I think they admitted that they kind of tried to do that too long and they should have started to cut bait and bring in the younger guys sooner. I think that's where they're going now. So did he make some flaws? Yeah. But I still think at the end of the day, he wants to win. He's willing to spend money to win, uh, you know, and he cares about the team. So I, I'm on board with Jeffrey Laurie. I have, I'm not wavering from that. Yeah. And I heard that, I heard that reasoning and I, I, I see where they're coming from with that excuse say, and that I think that applies to free agency that doesn't apply to the draft picks. Like the draft, a lot of these draft picks just still really, really suck. Uh, side. I, I yeah. completely agree. And, and I listened to Lurie's entire press conference and his, his answer about why, how he can't be held accountable for yeah. the draft picks didn't make sense. I mean, he basically said, well, I have to look at who was taken before. And if the player we wanted was taken before, well, that's the nature <laughs> of the draft. Like, yeah, I could say yeah. I wanted the number one pick, but sorry, he went number one because we had the 15th pick. Like that's not necessarily an excuse for then missing with the like next pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have so, Trevor Lawrence graded highest at number six. So if we don't get him, it's uh, no fault of our own. Like what? Yeah, I, I do. Th it would not shock me if we hear behind the scenes they're doing things to boost 
their, you know, scouting and drafting and maybe reevaluating how they pick. I, I don't think that'll come out because it'll undermine Howie now. But it wouldn't surprise me if down the road we we hear that they are making a few changes. The the thing that really pissed me off about that Lori press conference was it just listening to him talk, it appears he hasn't even considered the idea of replacing Howie Roseman. Like the 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 seat of Howie Roseman, the throne, the ice throne that the weasel sits upon is just cold. <laughs> there is not one that it, it didn't even get boosted up a couple degrees. There wasn't even a well, you know, how he is like all like the coaches, how he's is held accountable. And certainly these past few years have been really disappointing and not acceptable. And and just like everyone else, how he is held to a certain standard. And uh, you know, I'm working with him to make sure that gets fixed. And he knows there, there's none of that. It, it was making excuses for Howie. It, it was crazy. I just want to throw it out here now though. Uh, as soon as Howie pulls off some kind of crazy trade in the off season, everyone's going to be back on board and praise. <laughs> oh yeah, Howie season trades in him. Absolutely. Oh, and you know he's going to load up one now because he he sees the Periscope live stream where the chat is literally just filled with fire Howie. Uh, so he he's got that stuff hits hits him and and hurts his ice heart. Uh, Justin, bottom line: Are we better or worse off now that we don't have Doug Peterson as our head coach? Tough to say. Cause we don't know who our head coach is. We don't know who our quarterback is. All we know is we have Howie Roseman at J at GM. Are we better or worse right now with no Doug P uh, we are absolutely better. I mean, we are no longer insane. I mean, we were doing the same thing over and over again and expecting dis- different results and it just wasn't happening. Right. Um, Preston Doug, we're not getting <laughs> going to get the job done next season. Let's all admit that like that was not going to happen. So um, we needed to move on. We're now one step closer to firing Howie. Howie, I will also say too. So that is a positive to some extent. If we can't put it together this next season, I could definitely see Howie on the chopping block by the end of the season. So yeah, I, I think we're definitely better off. We're gonna try and you know get a new coaching staff in here, see what we can put together. Um, we still have some solid foundational building blocks, right? We have Miles Sanders. We, we got a couple of guys on the defensive line that we can count on that O line needs a little bit of work, but if we could get Carson back to who he kind of was, we might have something to work with. Right. And we also have hurts who, who knows if you bring in a guy like Lincoln Riley, maybe they can, you know, get even more talent out of him. You know, they've worked together in the past, who knows what can happen, but yes, we're definitely better without Doug. Yeah, I'll say we're better, but I I reserve the right to change my mind week one if we lose, and then and then it'll definitely be worse. So I'll, I'll I he's gonna whoever comes in here, I'm gonna be, uh, you know, because Doug P, I I like Doug P, and and shout out to Doug P for bringing the trophy home, and we were at that, uh, you know, you're hanging out at the parade, watching the speeches. Rob, are are we truly a better organization now that Doug P has left for good? Yeah, we're better. Uh, we're on the road to. You know, assuming we make a good hire, we're on the road to to riding the ship. I still think uh, the 2021 season could be. Uh, you know, we may have to take some licks that year. I think we're going to have to clean up our cap. So, uh, you know, that could be a retooling year. But I still think we're on the path to improving the team. Now, you know, we last week we kind of threw out our first initial thoughts on uh, you know who we want for that number six pick. Kind of looking looking ahead there. To me, whoever comes in as head coach, I, I don't think it's going to drastically change it. 
I mean, Devonta Smith, we saw him go off. I still think he's really an interesting uh, guy there at number six. I still wouldn't be opposed to going cornerback and, and helping that defense out. Justin, have you made any, any, any changes? I mean, clearly it'll kind of depend with who we go with as head coach, but, or, or whether or not we trade Carson. So a lot can happen between now and the draft, but has this impacted your initial thoughts on the number six pick? I actually think it does uh, impact my thoughts a lot. Cause I mean, depending who you bring in, you want a guy who can work to that um, coach's skill set, right? Um, if it's a guy like Lincoln Riley, who we pointed out a number of times today, you know, you might want to go with a splash player like Smith. Maybe he can really get involved. Um, if you're going with a, with a guy like Salah, I mean, you might want to try and work to his strengths with the defense. So um, I think I, I'm going to hold out at the moment till we can get um, until we know who our head coach is. So Rob, where are you at? Did you like what I'm you saw at a Devonta Smith in the, in the national championship game? You still stumping for Jamar chase and, yeah, I, and, and where are you at with the quarterback or the head coach mixing it up? I, I'm completely on board with Justin. I think you got to see who your coach is and, and what the coach is, you know, what the identity of the team's going to be. I think you know, same as Justin, if you bring in Lincoln Riley, I think you go that receiver, you give him the weapons to run that offense. And my, my pick still remains Jamar chase. Uh, I'm uh, look, Smith is phenomenal. He was unbelievable. I still have concerns about his durability at the NFL level. I just think, uh, you know, I think they're probably both going to be fantastic, but my pick is still chase. Um, but if you get a guy that's a defensive minded guy, maybe you want that swagger on defense. Maybe you want a Mika Parsons. If he's there, he might not even be there or you know, maybe a, a, a Patrick certain or certain or however you pronounce it, um, you know, to be a lockdown corner next to slay uh, to give that defense some identity. So uh, I'll wait and see who we hire, but it, it doesn't change the positions that I would be fine with, which remain uh, wide receiver cornerback uh, or linebacker. Closing it out before we uh, before we leave things, and I'm sure we'll be doing another podcast as soon as the new Eagles head coach is announced. So don't miss an episode. Make sure you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/eagles and uh, subscribe to the uh, Eagles, the diehard Eagles podcast feed. We got our own feed. Throw us a uh, throw us a review, a rating, talk trash uh, against the Cowboys in the review section. Get all that involved. As we go, Justin, Andy Reid or Doug P, greatest coach in Eagles history. I mean, I'd love to say Doug. He got us a Super Bowl, so I feel bad saying Andy, but I got to go with Andy, right? He got us the four straight NFC Championship games. He got us to one Super Bowl appearance. I mean, he was just consistent, and I think he did more with less. I think he's better overall coach, as you guys have seen. Um, so I would go with Andy. I mean, Doug got us to the promised land. He got us that ring, but unfortunately I'd still would go with Andy and say he's a better overall coach. Rob, where are you at? Andy or Doug P greatest coach in Eagles history? Absolutely. Andy Reed. I mean, Andy Reed had such a period of sustained success. We, we got so spoiled. We were in the national, the NFC championship game almost every year. We made the playoffs almost every year. Uh, that level of sustained success is not easy. Uh, you know, Andy is definitely, uh, you know, definitely number one coach in my opinion. I mean, Doug was barely over a 500 coach. He had that one lights out run. You can't take it away from him. We'll forever remember that. He'll go down in Eagles history. But looking at a career, there's no doubt in my mind it's Andy Reid.
This is a results driven league and Doug Peterson by winning the Super Bowl is slightly better than Andy Reid as an Eagles all-time coach. I I see the I see the case for Andy Reid, but all we wanted as fans was that one Super Bowl. You, the the first one is the hardest to get. He broke through that. It, it was something this organization has never seen. And yeah, was there was there luck? Was there him getting the hot hand? Was was it Frank Reich? Was it the Philly special? Whatever it was, he was at the helm when it all happened, and uh, I think he deserves the the more credit. So for me, greatest head coach of all time goes to Doug Peterson. But again, we'll see. the 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 future is upon us, and who knows? Maybe someone wins two, or they win one, and and take us to some more playoff games, and they can dethrone Doug. Peterson. Thank you guys for checking out the Diehard Eagles podcast. For my fellow diehards, Robbie and Justin, this is Sean stacking the money green. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds.